Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Collegiately speaking. Walks into the end zone. Touches to the end zone. This is Collegiately Speaking. With the voice of Northwestern football and basketball, Dave Ennett, and former Northwestern star quarterback, Dan Persis. It's Collegially Speaking. Let's go. And welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of Collegiately Speaking. Dave Ennett joined by former Wildcat quarterback, Dan Persa, as we take our weekly look around uh, the Big Ten with a focus on Northwestern and the game coming up this week. Uh, So there's a game in Evanston Saturday. It's the Wildcats hosting uh, a bunch of guys from Ohio. Dan, you know much about this team? A little bit. They're they're pretty explosive and fun to watch, so... Uh, hopefully the, the Cats can keep it close. Ohio State coming in, ranked uh, number two in the first college football playoff rankings of the year. And uh, what they have put together is is pretty impressive. We're going to visit a little bit later on with the voice of the Buckeyes, our good friend Paul Keels, and get a little perspective on the season that Ohio State is having, coming in at 8-0 and 5-0 and in the Big Ten, and certainly by all appearances headed for that showdown with Michigan at the Horseshoe this year uh, on November 26th. In the meantime, the Wildcats trying to end a seven-game losing streak. Not an ideal situation for a team that's been struggling as the Wildcats have been. And you kind of felt going into Iowa last week that that might be the turnaround for them against the Hawkeyes who had their own issues, including uh, their previous game was against these Buckeyes, and they lost 54-10 to in Columbus. And keep in mind, that's with one of the best defenses in the country, and Ohio State put up 54 on them. But that's pretty much day at the office for Ohio State. They have scored their season high was 77 against Toledo. Their season low was 21 in their opener against Notre Dame. And uh, since then, they have not scored fewer than the 44 they scored last week against Penn State, which was also their their toughest game since then and a close battle for them in the fourth quarter but they were able to to pull it out and and pretty impressively and you just wonder i i look back at your career dan was there ever a game you went into where you thought you're you're coming at this game from two such different directions one team almost at the top of college football and scoring at will on its opponents and the other team just really really struggling not really. I, you know, it's funny you asked that. I, we were talking to uh, some of my former teammates uh, over the past couple of weeks, and we just don't really remember any scenario or situation, you know, like this season or, or um, like this this upcoming game either. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, hopefully, some of the guys like like AJ Hampton, who we'll talk to shortly, take this opportunity to to you know demonstrate their skills against the best probably one of the best teams in the country and some of the best players in the country um if they have aspirations you know past northwestern but no doubt about it, it's gonna be a tough game um i think you know the wildcats 
I don't know if it's an only hope or a saving grace, but it, it's supposed to be really, really windy. Um, so we'll see how that affects kind of the, the air assault that Ohio State has and um, kind of force them to run the ball a little bit more. And, and they've, well, they've struggled a little bit. You know, I think they'll still um, be okay running the ball versus Northwestern. But uh, it's, a, it's a tough team. They've, they've played well all season outside of a, a couple spots here and there. Um, so, again, hopefully Northwestern can, can kind of stay in the moment and not let it get away from them. Well, and, and rain, too. And if you go back to the Penn State game, uh, certainly that game was played in a downpour. I don't know if it's going to be like that on Saturday in Evanston, uh, but uh, the Nittany Lions turned it over five times in that game, and uh, yet the Wildcats were unable to, to really take advantage. And you know, one thing, you look at turnovers, and we've talked about it a lot over the course of the season. We'll ask A.J. about this as well, but uh, the, the Cats have, have struggled in that area from a, a turnover margin standpoint, minus nine. They've turned it over 19 times, uh, but the, uh, the defense, uh, since that Penn State game, has not come up with a takeaway. So we'll ask A.J. about that, but uh, I think uh, he's ready to go. He's joining us now, the veteran cornerback for the Wildcats, A.J. Hampton, who was back in the lineup Saturday uh, after an extended absence back in there against the Hawkeyes on Saturday. And I know, A.J., and I appreciate you joining us, Dave Ennett and Dan Persa, I know you were anxious to get back out there. I can't imagine what it was like for you not being able to play uh, over that several games when you were sidelined. Yeah, no, trust me. That was definitely a very challenging time to me, considering that's been one of the first times I was actually out for extended time due to an injury. But I I took that time to kind of expand my game, not only being a better teammate, but just expanding my game just in the playbook and just technique things and stuff like that. But it was definitely it was definitely a nice change of pace for me because I'm used to always – you know, just being on the field, running around, I had to slow it down and, you know, take it slow. <laughs> when you come back from something like that, I mean, I, I would think that you would be almost too amped up when you go out there. Did you have to kind of settle yourself down a little bit? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that first game, I mean, when I first got back, it was like, it was almost, it kind of reminded me of my first time I played in college football. Like that first being a freshman, being younger, just like the emotions, the, you know, the, not being out there so long. And it's like nervous, but it's only like nervousness because like I want to do good. I know the standard I have for myself. So it's just like a mixture of that. AJ, thanks again for joining us. Dan Percy here. Um, obviously, coming into the, the Ohio State game, um, they have a very explosive offense and, and great wide receivers. What specifically do their wide receivers and their quarterback do that make them so challenging to defend against? Oh, yeah, that's the thing about them. Uh, obviously, we know they're a very highly ranked team, but one thing I think they do very well, <laughs> I mean, they do they do all the little things right. Like, I, I think if you turn on the film, you'll see just not only in the wide receiver room, but just in the quarter, like, uh, C.J. Stroud, he does a good job of being the field general, uh, keeping the offense together, uh, knowing where to go, being smart with the ball. Um, and then those wide receivers, I mean, very talented guys. They know their tools. They know their releases and stuff. So that's one uh, good thing. Um but just one thing about them is just, I mean, I think once he steps out, they like to compete and they like to uh, make those plays. The biggest thing they do is they trust themselves and they go out there and, and have fun. And you see it every every weekend and week out. That's the things they do. So I think what we got to do is uh, take a step back, uh, focus on us, be present, and take it one play at a time and try to have a little swagger like we normally do and have fun. 
Yeah, and I, I know um, you know both you and, and some other guys in, on the back end have some aspirations in the NFL uh, past your Northwestern playing days. Are you taking this as an opportunity to, to really put on on tape how you can play against you know NFL caliber wide receivers and and you know are you looking forward to this matchup and challenge? Oh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to this challenge. I think every week, uh, week in and week out, depending on, not, not necessarily depending on who we play, I think every week is a week to showcase your abilities, but especially going into this week, considering that they got some guys that are probably first round guys, some, some, some high draft picks and some, and some good talent, guys putting up numbers well in the season. So I think it's a good uh, way for me and uh, not only me, but my teammates like Cam and some of the safeties to uh, test themselves and show that not only we belong to be playing in the NFL too, but that we could do it week in and week out. And we've done it in previous years, so it's nothing different. So I think we just got to make sure not to blow up the situation more than it is. Just go out there and play football. You mentioned that they're a team that looks like they're out there and they're having fun. And I'm not sure. I know this has been a very tough stretch for your team. And it's it's hard when you're going through that to be out there and and have that that swagger that you guys normally have, that that the fun that you have. But you're a guy I know who likes to have fun when you're on the football field. So how do you get your other guys to kind of to buy into that? Um, so kind of like early on in the week of this, and even in the season, what I've been trying to tell the guys is just remember, this is the same game we've all loved since we were kids, the same game we played. So don't, at the end of the day, I try to tell people, don't let anybody else take your joy from you because at the end of the day, you're the one out there and you're playing and you're the one out there going through the motions at the end of the day. So, uh, I mean, what I try to do, I just try to not only not make it more personal, but it's like, I don't want like, all right, you can't have what's on my plate. So that's where my emotion comes from. So just trying to flip that switch, trying to get guys to think the same mentality, the same mindset, uh, that's one thing that I've been trying to do. AJ, you played in the Big Ten Championship game in 2020 in Indianapolis. You guys had the lead on Ohio State late in the third quarter, 10-6. to six. Uh, it, was, it was Justin Fields' statistically worst game as quarterback during his time at, uh, at Ohio State, at least in terms of uh, both the interceptions and the fewest yards he was able to get through the air in that game. And I know there was Coach Fitz said this week, well, he hurt his thumb. That helped us. But but you look at this quarterback who's coming in, C.J. Stroud, 44 touchdown passes last year, 29 this year with only four interceptions. How is he different from Justin Fields? Um, I think one of the, the most notable reasons and probably the main reason is Jay Fields wasn't as scared to – I'm not saying uh, C.J. Stroud was scared to throw the ball, but I think – C.J. Stroud is more of a pass-first type of guy. Mm-hmm. Not saying he, he can't run the ball, but I think he just really excels in those fields, especially down the field, like some of those throws and just knowing how to you know read defenses a little bit. But um, that I feel like that's really the main difference. Because other than that, I mean, I feel like I mean Justin Fields, he was making some of those same throws we had seen early on in the year, some of that same stuff. But that separation really just comes from how he's able to uh, run the ball. Well, uh, of course, you didn't play in the game at Penn State, but that game was played in a downpour. Uh, although the the rain's supposed to be early on Saturday, but then it's it's going to be very windy out at Ryan Field, uh, so it could be a similar kind of a day to what you had at at State College. But what's it going to take for you guys to uh, to 
pull off the what would be, I think, in the eyes of the nation, a surprise against the number two ranked team. I mean, I, honestly, I think what we have to do is go out there and, like, kind of like I've been saying earlier, take it one play at a time. And we can't really ride that emotional roller coaster. Everybody knows in football you're going to make some plays and you're going to give up some plays. Especially knowing the type of talent we're playing, we can't allow ourselves to get on that roller coaster going ups and downs. And then, two, we have to be able to embrace the elements. And, you know, we remember being as kids, everybody used to love playing those rainy mm-hmm. games where you're in the mud and all that. So I think we got to really embrace the elements. And then, like like I said earlier, we got to have fun while doing it. And, like, when one of my teammates makes a play, we got to go up there and cheer them up. That's the energy we got to have. We got to have fun out there because at the end of the day, it's just football. So I think that's one of the biggest things we have to do. Uh, the weather, I mean, that is what it is. Like, we play a sport where we're outside, but I think, you know, that's how we got to approach it. I think that's that's the right approach. Uh, certainly, the way you explained it makes a lot of sense. And I wish you a lot of luck on Saturday and the rest of the season. We always appreciate you jumping on with us. Thanks, AJ, oh, yeah. and uh, and have a great day on Saturday. Yes, sir. Thank you once again. You know, I always love doing these. But, hey, yes, sir. Enjoy your day, too. All right. Thanks. That's AJ Hampton, number 11 for the Northwestern Wildcats. And uh, a guy who you can really tell his his energy is contagious. And I think, Dan, he's a guy that when he's not out there, as he hasn't been uh, up until the Iowa game, uh, going back to the second game of the season, when he's not out there, he's a guy they really miss. Yeah, I think more than anything, to your point, just from a personality and leadership standpoint, um, he's a he's a very energetic guy. He's a dynamic guy. Uh, he's a great leader, and, and people certainly look up to him. So I think missing him on on defense is it was tough. Um, so hopefully he can give them a, a spark against you know again a really really talented offense in Ohio State. Well, you have had a chance now to watch Brendan Sullivan, the Wildcats redshirt freshman quarterback, in uh, three games. He started the last two, and certainly at times seems like he's done some good things. And at times, let's face it, he's a guy playing his second or third game and this week making his third start. What have you seen from Sullivan so far? You know, I think he's done a, a decent job managing the game. Obviously, you'd like to avoid some of the some of the turnovers, especially in critical moments in the game. Um, but I think, you know, obviously I'm biased, but I, I like his ability to move the pocket and scramble and make plays with his feet and extend plays. You know, you got to love his, his arm talent and arm strength. It seems like he has a pretty dynamic arm. Um, I, I just think, especially against a really good teams like Ohio State, just keeping him comfortable early is really important. Um, because if, if you don't move the pocket and you leave him back there as a sitting duck, um, he, he takes a couple sacks or he's under pressure early, um, and for whatever reason he fumbles or, or throws an interception, that's going to cascade pretty quickly. Um, so hopefully Coach Jake can keep him on the move and move the pocket against a, a really talented pass rush as much as possible because, again, if, if, they're, if Ohio State's hitting him, him early, it's going to be a really long day. Um, and he, you know, he has the ability to make plays with his feet, right? He's, he's you know, a, a very athletic guy, so keep, keeping him on the moves will be important. Well, as we look ahead to Saturday, we welcome in the outstanding voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes, our good friend Paul Keels. I thought there was a rule that Northwestern and Ohio State could only face each other in the Big Ten championship game, Paul. Well, wouldn't that be nice for everybody involved? <laughs> yes, it would. But it's been a while, and that that was uh, the last two times these teams have met uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, and probably asked you this before, but 
Is this as good an Ohio State team as you have seen since the last national championship in 2014? Yeah, I think so, Dave, with the way they've been able to play offensively. Uh, even though the last couple of games they haven't run the way they did earlier in the year, Iowa and Penn State both put extra guys in the box. But with what they can do throwing the football, and, and defensively it's an improved team from a year ago. So it, it is certainly one of the best we've seen come down the pike in a while. The losses they had last year, Paul, early in the season to Oregon, which seemed uh, was certainly raised a lot of questions about them, and they responded by uh, reeling off wins up until the Michigan game. And then uh, you know, also in the Rose Bowl, they gave up a lot of points. So is that the biggest difference you see with this team from last year? Yeah, defensively, Dave, is really where it's changed, and that's what led to Ryan Day making some tough decisions with some coaching positions and brought in uh, Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State. And what they've been able to do defensively is is play with more confidence. You've got linebackers that have a year experience, and that's helped an awful lot also. They had some key injuries last year that really affected what they were doing in the back end, losing Josh Proctor at safety. But, you know, they've been able to make plays. And, and their defense, especially on third down, Dave, has been really, really good. All right, help me out with JT and uh, the game he had last week. Jalen Tuimoloal as a Got young it. man that he didn't come he didn't come in until late last year, so it really kind of took him a while to get his footing. But uh, you, you could tell in the weeks leading up to last week he was getting close to making some big plays and doing what he did last week at Penn State. I mean, I you know I don't think I've ever seen a defensive player have a game like that. But you know it's kind of you know playing off of the other guys on the defensive line and you know being able to do the things they've done as a group. But but a young man that you know he was the the number one recruit they got two years ago at least from the defensive side. Guy that was an outstanding basketball player, uh, but certainly he he made a big explosion with the way he played last week. We saw the last time these teams played, we saw Justin Fields and and kind of gave everybody in Chicago a sneak peek at, at this guy. And of course, now he's uh, certainly a guy that people here are watching very closely as he settles in as the quarterback of the Bears. What would you say to Bears fans who wonder about Justin Fields' future? Well, I think that, you know, when he gets some more talent around him, that's where you'll be able to see what we saw when he played here at Ohio State. Uh, a running and a passing threat, although I don't know how much, you know, to the extent they used him at Ohio State, they want to use him in the NFL running the ball. But a guy that just seems to be one of those that can make so many different things happen. Now, you know, he had a lot of great talent around him here, and I know the Bears are struggling to kind of get to that point. But but he's a guy that just can make things happen, both with his arm and, and when the opportunity comes to run the football. Paul, thanks uh, for joining us for a few minutes here, and we will look forward to seeing you on Saturday at Ryan Field. Look forward to it, Dave. My pleasure. Okay, great hearing from Paul Keels, the voice of the Buckeyes. We appreciate Paul joining us. And you look at some of the numbers, and I mentioned the the points, obviously, that Ohio State scored, the way they scored when they had to against Penn State last week. And and you look at, at Ryan Day, 42-4 and four as the coach of the Buckeyes, and he's only lost one Big Ten game. It's, it's really remarkable. And as we mentioned with Paul, last year they had the two losses. Half of his losses came last season, uh, both against highly ranked teams. I think Oregon was ranked, uh, what, 12 or something like that when they met early in the season. And then uh, Utah was ranked 11th when they met in the Rose Bowl, and they won that game, but uh, that was after losing at uh, Michigan. So it's uh, this is a juggernaut, and they are probably a lot of fun to watch if they're not playing your team 
on a given right. on a given Saturday. Uh, Cats have three games after this remaining on their schedule. After Ohio State, they will go to Minnesota. Gophers have kind of been an up-and-down team over the course of the season, but you and I have talked about them, Dan, a team with a lot of experience, especially at that quarterback position and at the running back position. And uh, and the Cats also have uh, Purdue on the road, and then they wrap it up against Illinois. And boy, I'll tell you what, Illinois is really uh, I, they they are seem to be getting better as the season goes on, and they seem to be gaining confidence. They've got Michigan State in Champaign this week, and then they've got their showdown with Purdue, which might be the last hurdle for them, really, in terms of winning the Big Ten West and getting to Indianapolis. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I wanted to ask you about what's happened with Michigan and Michigan State in the past week and uh, their their scuffle, more than a scuffle. If you ask Jim Harbaugh, it was assault on his players by Michigan State players in the tunnel at Michigan Stadium. And uh, eight players have been suspended so far by the Spartans, stemming from that incident late Saturday night after they lost to Michigan. Uh, in in your years playing football, did you ever have see or hear or come close to anything like that happening? Not really. Um, you know, Michigan's tunnel is a little uh, atypical because both teams are, are kind of running through the same tunnel and are kind of close in proximity toward with locker rooms. Um, you know, that being said, that's that's never something you can do and, and gang up on a guy like that or ten on one or whatever it was. Um, I think the unfortunate part, which I don't know if, if a lot of people are talking about, but the, the Michigan player looked like he ran into a crowd of players and, and was trying to cause some trouble or, or trying to talk some trash. And not to defend the Michigan State guys, but you can't, as a, as a player, run into a sea of your uh, another opponent and expect nothing to happen. Um, obviously, you don't expect to be jumped by 10 guys, but you just got to be smarter than that and be careful. Um, because if, if you're undefended and you have no coaches or teammates are around, uh, again, with an opponent surrounding you, that's just not a safe place to be regardless of where you are. So it's just a, a bad situation. You don't like to see it. Um, you know, hopefully the guys that were involved are disciplined and, and hopefully it doesn't happen again. Or, or as Jim Harbaugh says, they should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Michigan plays on the road this week at Rutgers, which, uh, got roughed up by Minnesota, what, 31 to nothing, I believe. And uh, Michigan State playing in Champaign. Penn State at Indiana. Uh, boy, Indiana's got it. Uh, they got Penn State this week. And um, let's see, I think they've got Ohio State in Columbus next week. So they got back-to-back Penn State, Ohio State. The uh, Iowa-Purdue game is this week. Maryland at Wisconsin-Minnesota playing at Nebraska. And it is time to get our prediction, Super Joe's Prediction of the Week. Prediction. Super Joe's Predictions. All right, got to wear it. Bit of a losing streak here. J.J. McCarthy was not even close to the 220 yards that I predicted he would get against Michigan State. Going to get back in our wheelhouse here and actually play a spread. Um, The Maryland Terrapins are heading to Madison, Wisconsin, and they are catching five points. Uh, The big part here is, uh, you might need to help me out with this one here, Dave. Is it Talia? Uh, Talia? 
Tungavailoa. I feel pretty good about the the second, the last name. <laughs> yeah, you've heard that before, yeah, right? The, the first one, that's that's where I'm having trouble. Uh, he needs to be more protective of the football than Aiden O'Connell was last week, who threw three interceptions against the Badgers. Uh, as long as he protects the football, you know, uh, is healthy on that knee that was sprained about three weeks ago, I think uh, the Terrapins will go into Madison and uh, maybe get the upset, upset, but definitely cover the five points. Remember, they're coming off a bye, too, since their win over the Wildcats in College Park two weeks ago. That gave them extra time for uh, Talia to heal up. And uh, I'll tell you what, we used the term a couple weeks ago, dynamic. That's what that guy is. So this will be a challenge for him going to Camp Randall and winning. But uh, we'll see what happens on Saturday as uh, Maryland faces Wisconsin. Do you think he has any... uh Pro chops is he is he going to be a is he a draftable player? I would think he will be. I, I mean, you you certainly see some similarities. I don't know, Dan. You've had a chance to watch him. He has some similarities to his brother, who obviously was the higher rated guy, but still, I mean, he started his college career at Alabama too, and then uh, found a, a spot for him at Maryland. What do you think? He's a talented guy. Um, he's like his brother, a little bit on the smaller end, but that's not really stopping teams from from drafting and developing quarterbacks anymore. So, you know, I don't think he'll be at, at this point a high round draft pick. Um, but you know, maybe in the later rounds or as a, a free agent, um, he st- certainly have the t- has the talent to stick on a team. You certainly think so. Um, well, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, again, Saturday, the Cats and the Buckeyes at Ryan Field, an early kickoff, 11 o'clock. And uh, just a quick reminder, our broadcast Saturday, because of a conflict with Blackhawks hockey, our game will move to AM 1160 in Chicago. And, of course, we will have it streaming on WGNRadio.com, the WGN app, or the Varsity Network app uh if uh, depending where you live so many ways to hear us saturday uh, dan dress warmer or, and i don't know if it's going to be so cold but at least uh, uh you might want to bring a raincoat or something because it could be a little bit of a blustery day yeah or a windbreaker no, there you hopefully, go like i said hopefully it's a good game and, and hopefully the cats can can play well let's hope so i'll see you out there Sounds good. Thanks, guys. That's Dan Persa, and that's going to do it for Collegiately Speaking. Many thanks to A.J. Hampton. Thanks to Paul Keels. Thanks to Super Joe Romano. And thanks to Dan Persa. I'm Dave Ennett. We'll talk to you again next week.